Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Carry On Cast. I am Pastor Megan Torgerson, and I am here with my colleagues. Pastor Steve. And Pastor Brandon. Hey, it is good to be with you today. Um, and I'm just going to be honest. We have a tough text to read today. This is a tough text to hear. Um, not to... Because all the other ones have been super Oh easy. my gosh, it's been nothing but cakewalk, <laughs> literally. You know, whatever, just pretending your wife is your sister and, you know, sending your son out to the wilderness to die. You know, no big deal. Totally, totally accessible stuff. Um, and I, I'll just be selfish since I'm, you know, preaching this week. You know, a very easy text to preach about. Just super, super straightforward. Um, and so <laughs> with an introduction like that, folks, uh, let's hear what kind of text we're talking about. We are talking about about uh, Genesis 22, and this text is commonly referred to as the sacrifice of Isaac. Now, uh, just note, uh, spoiler alert, Isaac doesn't actually get sacrificed. Boo. I know, bummer, right? Actually, it's a good thing, Brandon. It's a good thing. Oh, um, yeah. Yay. yeah. Yay. <laughs> but um, so there are other ways to be uh, to, uh, talk about this story. Um, my Bible right here, for instance, calls it the command to sacrifice Isaac, which is fair because that is indeed what God does to Abraham. Um, other uh, traditions will refer to it as the binding of Isaac mm. because Abraham gets as far as binding Isaac, tying him up to prepare him to be sacrificed. So it, it doesn't make it any easier to swallow. I'll be honest. Um and Pastor Steve, you were saying before we recorded uh, about a little bit of context that you find important for this text. Yeah. So you're going to hear the text, but you have to know what Abram's asked to do first. He's asked to slaughter his son like you would an animal on a on an altar and burn him up, which is pretty horrific when you think about it. And when we read this from our 21st century ears and eyes, we're like, what? in the world why would god ask abraham to do such a horrible thing but we have to understand that abraham lived in a world he came out of the ur of the chaldeans where all of the cultures right like everything that we know as judaism doesn't exist yet everybody in the world every culture believed that the gods were violent and that humans were not special and the gods didn't love humans, that humans existed as little more than slaves for the gods. We've talked about that in previous podcasts where the humans just were accidents when the gods were fighting each other. And the gods were like, hey, there's humans, let's make them slaves. And so humans lived in this reality where they were afraid, like terrified of the gods. And the gods demanded that they make sacrifices. And there was a lot of uh, There's slavery, there was uh, a lot of sexuality involved in it because the fertility gods needed to, you know, get the right idea. And then they demanded that they sacrifice their children. And so child sacrifice was happening on every mountaintop all over the place. And so when Abraham hears this command from God, my, my, the way I imagine it is like, huh, all right, well, that's how God's roll. I guess we're going to do this. I was thinking you might be a little different than the rest of them, but I'm going to I'm going to do what you told me to do. And so I that I think that helps us to at least be somewhat sympathetic with Abraham 
and with God. And then when you contrast what God actually does, it actually moves us towards a more gracious understanding of God when you compare it to how horrible everybody thought gods were in that day. I hope that's helpful a little bit. I think it gives some context. I also think it's it's worth knowing that uh, almost right before this story is the story where Abraham sends Hagar and Ishmael out into the wilderness. So what we literally just heard this past Sunday, what Pastor Brandon preached on, does happen pretty pretty recently before this. So Abraham already has the experience of having sent a son away, you know, literally having abandoned, sacrificed a son in its own way of saying, you know, Ishmael, yes, you're causing trouble for Sarah and uh, Hagar, you and Ishmael got to go. Um, so Abraham already has kind of stepped across that line of saying, yeah, I'll I'll get rid of what needs to be gotten rid of, even when it is my beloved son, hmm. if it is what God says can happen. So there's already a little bit of, of, of this recognition that Abraham knows, ah, things might not be that easy for me. Therefore, this is from Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 18. After these things, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall show you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and set out and went to the place in the distance that God had shown him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place far away. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the word, the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac said to his father, Abraham, Father, and he said, Here I am, my son. He said, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. When they came to the place that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to kill his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will indeed bless you, and I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore, and your offspring shall possess the gate of their enemies, and by your offspring shall all the nations of the earth gain blessings for themselves, because you have obeyed my voice. Here ends the reading. Here ends the reading. There's plenty. Um, this, so like I said, this story is problematic. I, I'm going to start by pointing out some of the things that I find particularly mm. problematic. Um, 
The, the first one that I think you can't get away from is the fact that it's really easy for us to try to fill in the space between the words here. Well, God must not have really meant you're actually going to kill your son, Abraham. Um, Abraham knew that God would never really ask him to kill a son, right? It's easy for us to try to make excuses for the story. But as Pastor Steve just said, Abraham had every reason to believe that God meant what God meant. And it's really clear. I mean, throughout this whole place, there's, I mean, even God's own explanation at the end. Um, uh, you did, I know you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And then later, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son. I mean, God's really clear about saying, you thought you were going to sacrifice your son. You made it clear that you were willing to do that. Um, I don't think we can get around that that was, that that was the intent here. The other thing that I think hangs us up is that we assume that God knew what was going to happen. Oh, God knew that God could ask for this, um, but Abraham would, would never get all the way of it. God knew that God was going to intervene and send a ram. Um, what is verse one? What is verse one? After these things, <laughs> God tested Abraham. I mean, it's really clear that God has established this as some kind of test. And then later in verse 12, you know, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to fear him, to hurt him, because for now I know that you fear God. Now I know. That was, that was at stake before is the implication, right? Like, mm -hmm. I didn't know what the result of this test was going to be. That's why it was a test. But now I know. So I think there's some really troubling paths we can go down on this text, right? One being that God acted like all these other gods. God was was violent and malicious and asked for the death of a child. That is incredibly troubling. And I think it's also troubling that there is this really strong implication from this text that God does not indeed know what will happen, that God may indeed not be omniscient, and that God's actions are dependent on human actions. I think that's really tough for us to swallow. I think that is a hard thing to hear. Uh, and therefore, I'm super incredibly excited about preaching on this text. Uh, but <laughs> Pastor Brandon, Pastor Steve, how about you guys? Is there is there something you hear that makes things really troubling? Um, Pastor <clears throat> Brandon, is there sure. something that, that you hear that that's tough for you? Well, um, it, yes. <laughs> All of it. Uh, just well, all well, just of it. like yeah. you said, I mean, the very first verse, uh, after these things, God tested Abraham, that word tested. And I think well, I've sat with so many people who are going through a difficult time or experiencing the loss of a loved one or unemployment or just kind of are at, at the end. Yeah. And, and just like, this doesn't seem fair. This doesn't seem right. Is God testing me? Ooh. And that word itself, you know, makes us cringe. Because my uh, knee-jerk reaction is, well, that's that's not how it works. That's not how faith works. That's not how God works. And then we have right here in this story at the beginning that that's how it works. <laughs> that's exactly what God did. <laughs> this difficult time is the direct so, result of yeah. God's testing. So yep. I guess I, I, I'm left with, well, more questions than answers. But wow, does God really test us? Does God really put us in situations that are going to be difficult either way and wonder, okay, let's see how this turns out? Because um, that is unsettling to me because mm -hmm. um, I've never been good at tests. 
like any kind of tests. And so, so it's just unsettling that, that God would test us or God is testing Abraham. So I guess I have more questions than answers. And I wonder, Pastor Steve, does God test us? <laughs> Answer definitively, please, Pastor Steve. Yes. <laughs> if you're Abraham, the answer is yes. <laughs> well, I mean, if you, I, I don't think you're really asking me that question. Because <laughs> you, you have to spend a couple hours defining what you mean by test. Yeah. Right? Because testing isn't necessarily bad. Mm. I, every time you go to the gym and lift weights, that's a test of your muscles. Mm-hmm. It just makes you stronger. A test is not a negative thing. But the question on the table is what's troubling us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of the above. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a troubling text. Is there something in particular that, that when you look at it just today that you go, ooh, that, uh, that stings a little bit today? Well, for me, uh, well, just the idea of having to take the thing that God promised. The, the thing that gets me about this story is like, this is the actual vehicle through which God said, I'm going to deliver the promise to you. Now kill that. Yeah. Well, okay, God, even if you can get past all of the understanding child <laughs> sacrifice and the context and everything, in my own life, I've experienced this where I think I know what God has asked me to do, and then it gets ripped away from you. And you're like, what? Why? How is this working? Hmm. And so it's just, it's, I feel Abraham's pain as a father hmm. and as a person who's trying to figure out what God's up to. Hmm. It does, it, it's a perplexing story. Yeah, Abraham is given an impossible choice. You know, mm-hmm. be be faithful to God's command and thereby destroy all hope of promise to Abraham and to all people, frankly, because Abraham's very aware that God has repeatedly promised that through Isaac, not only will Abraham be blessed, but all people ultimately will be blessed. So if he's faithful to God by killing Isaac, that promise ends. Like or, I asked you if you would do it with Ishmael. You said no. You right, gave me right, Isaac. Right, and now you want me to kill right, Isaac? Right, what? Right. You're blocking all the doors, man. You're blocking all the doors. Yeah. Or you can be disobedient <laughs> to God and say, heck no, I'm not going to go through with oh, this. Man. And and roll the dice. And Abraham has seen already in several places of his life when he's tried to go his own way and tried to make his own choices that things tend to not go very well. When he tries to be uh, the sole actor uh, depending on on how the promise is going to go. It, that doesn't go well for Abraham. So he's learned to listen carefully and obey. And now obedience means destroying the one thing he's been working towards. That's uh, impossible. Hmm. That's impossible. Um, so we have a few more minutes, though, and, and I don't want us to end on <laughs> impossibility and terror and horror and discomfort, although there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes it's simply okay to say there is mystery in this and we just don't know how to answer it. I still think that there is some hope for some hope in this story. Uh, so, so, Pastor Steve, where's one place you hear <laughs> hope in this story? Well, when I think about this story, I, I, I'm trying to think of the people who are telling this story. Right? This is, we've talked about in the past, that the people who 
put this story together and included it in the scripture are people who have been through the Babylonian exile. Mm. They've suffered. They're wondering who is God and all of this. And we can't just take this story as an isolated story. It is the final story in the journey of Abraham's faith because it, it starts in chapter 12 where God says, I will bless you. And then this is the fourth time that God gives the promise. But now it's like it's sealed because Abraham has messed up at every step along the way from chapter 12 until here we are in chapter 22. And now finally, Abraham, the, the key word for me in this whole phrase is the three words, here I am. Hmm. He says it to God. He says it to Isaac. It's as if Abraham has finally let go of himself. And God says, do this. And he's like, here I am. And we saw, and, and I did a little search and how many times that phrase shows up throughout the Hebrew scripture. Hineni. Yeah, Hineni. And it's, it's the Isaiah. And we see it in Mary. And we see it, I mean, it's not Hebrew, but we see Mary saying, here I am. And we see Je- Jesus saying, here I am. It, it, it is that moment of this is the place we have to get to before God can actually do God's work through us is we have to surrender our own agenda, hmm. which is dying to self. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, put it into Christian terms, the Apostle Paul, I've been crucified with Christ, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And it's, I think Abraham has crossed the threshold. And he said, okay, God, I don't understand anything you're doing right now. You asked me to kill my son. Okay, here I am. And that's, the, that's how much Abraham now trusts in God. That's and and that's a place we got to get to. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Pastor Brandon. Well, I was just thinking, you know, throughout uh, Genesis, throughout the story with Abram and Sarai and now Abraham and Sarah is God has shown over and over again that they can trust God. And now this is almost Abraham showing God that God can trust Abraham, mm. that he's kind of able to complete his end of the bargain, even if imperfectly so. But I also, you know, it sticks out to me, you know, this whole idea of testing us in our faith is that even throughout the story, even throughout this test, God still provides. I mean, God shows Abraham where to go um, and and all everything, provides the ram. That's pretty cool. Um, so I think there is good news for uh for us who are trying to faithfully listen to God and uh, follow God, that God provides for us. And I, um, I'm, it's not lost on me my favorite quote from the best exotic marigold hotel. Um, the optimist who owns the hotel says, everything will be all right in the end. If it is not all right, it is not yet the end. It's, there's a cool. like a, a cultural quote, like a Scandinavian cultural quote that um, either it will end uh, or it will end well, basically. Either way, if you're suffering, eventually it'll end or it'll turn around and be good. Like those are your options. Mm-hmm. Either way, it ends, it's, which there's some strange hope in that. And, and for me, Pastor Brandon, when you talked about God's provision, that's the thing that stuck with me when I heard it this time around, is that, frankly, that seems to be the lesson Abraham learns, right? Mm-hmm. Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Mm-hmm. This is what Abraham learned, that indeed God can be trusted 
to give what what we need to continue to be faithful to God and God's command. Um, and that's hopeful for me, especially in a time that, gosh, we don't know where we're going. We don't know what we're doing. What's what's next month going to look like? Who knows anymore, right? But we but we trust. As you heard me preach the other day, trusting God is really helpful. And we mm-hmm. trust in particular that God will provide. God has provided and God will continue to provide. And that is good news, even and especially in a heck of a story like this one. Uh, so, hey, folks, thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for being willing to read these these difficult texts with us. I think it's really worth it to be able to tell the truth about the hard stories in our own scriptures, and and maybe it gives us permission to tell the truth about the hard stories in our own lives, that this is simply part of being human. Ah, but that's a whole nother podcast for now. This is the Carry On Cast. It is the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church. We're so glad to be with you here, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry carry on the work of Jesus Christ. Thanks, everybody. May the road rise up to meet you. Shine more.